You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Five Things to Watch. Five things to watch here on KC Sports Network. Thank you all so much for joining us, listening, watching, consuming KCSN content. We really appreciate everyone that is out there supporting what we're doing. This is our uh, round-the-table game preview edition. You get five things to watch for Chiefs versus Chargers here this week. And we always start with the first thing here, and we're going to do that today. Uh, wide receiver has obviously been a big storyline for the entirety of the season, continues to be. And things got even more interesting when McCole Hardman is added to the wide receiver room in a trade on Tuesday uh, or Wednesday, whatever Wednesday it was. My days are running together. But uh, Maddie Lane, do we think we're going to see McCole Hardman this week? Well, yeah, um, at the very least, he's going to return punts, right? <laughs> I think that's true. At the, at the very minimum, he's out there to, to return punts, so he's going to be available for this game. Um, and we'll see what kind of offensive role he gets. I think for him, in terms of like, there is a little bit of luck in playing in this game because the Chiefs are presumed to be without Justin Watson, who is one of their two guys they like to use as a vertical threat behind MVS. You now have Hardman, who will be dressed and he's probably the next best guy to run this vertical route tree. And I don't think that him and Justin Watson necessarily share a ton of traits with each other, but he's a guy that can operate on some of the same routes. Like he can do some of the same stuff in a similar enough way that, yeah, he might actually get some offensive reps with this team. And because he's McCall Hardman and the Chiefs have familiarity with him, I wouldn't be surprised if he maybe gets a gadget player to call directly for him just to kind of get him back into the flow of this offense. So, at this point, I am 100% anticipating him being dressed and ready for this game if for nothing else to be their return man. I guess they could call up Washington from the practice squad if they can re-sign him, but still, like I, I'm imagining McCall Hardman is at least ready to go for this game. Yeah, and I'm Trevor Maddich. No, um, the, <laughs> the uh, McCall Hardman makes a ton of sense in this offense. They need a guy that has more of that quick twitch, that 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 instant speed not the build-up speed that they've been used to with mbs and justin watson it remains to be seen how many targets he's going to get who knows if he's going to get any but it's going to back the safeties off and that's more important than anything that i think that any of the other wide receivers that have been on that vertical plane this year have brought to the table there i think he's going to open things up underneath it and he's certainly a rested guy like the jets weren't using him for whatever reason did not click with that coaching staff did not click with that offense Comes back to Kansas City. Terminology is largely the same. Even if they're in the huddle, Patrick Mahomes is spitting out the verbiage. If there's something that McColl doesn't understand, it's got not going to take very long to get him on the yeah. same page. I expect that the role is actually going to be a little bit bigger than what a lot of us think. Like I, I think everybody's kind of going, oh, maybe it's 15 to 20% of the snaps. I wouldn't be surprised to be inches closer to like 30, 35% of the offensive snaps. I could see him doing that. And I think he offers value in those. And again, I... Not expecting production. Don't go out there and be like, hey, hammer the McCole Hardman over in yardage this this week. I just think he's going to open up things for everybody else. And yeah, to Maddie's point, could have a gadget player too involved. I'm Ryan Leaf. Um, no, just inside jokes leaking into the show. Um, so, you know, we've heard 
Brett Veach talk about package players, Justin Ross, Rasheed Rice starting as a package player, and if things kind of get, you know, more settled, start expanding that role, and he becomes more of a featured type player. I think it's a package package player role for McCole Hardman, and I wonder if it's not the red zone. You know, we've talked a little bit about this and his ability to stretch the field horizontally when things get tightened down there and getting him running on some of the jet plays and, you know, some of that kind of stuff. I wouldn't be stunned if that package is the red zone package and they try to stretch horizontally uh, in this game with McCole Hardman. So, um, I don't know. I, I in, For all we know, like, you just couldn't jump in and play 50% of the snaps. Like, it, nothing would surprise me at this point with this team, you know, but I do, I I would kind of guess, like, if I was going to say he's going to be in a defined role, I could see it being down there in the red zone. Uh, I mean, maybe. I, I think they could definitely find a role for him there, right? Like, it's just their red zone stuff. They've had Kadarius Tony, who d- operates in a lot of the exact same ways as McCole Hardman, and they've been a little hesitant to use Tony on a lot of the red zone stuff. Now, he did just catch a touchdown on, like, a little leak out kind of play underneath the pick route, but they haven't used him as the jet sweep guy on screens and stuff quite the same way they did McCall Hardman. So that stuff didn't leave the playbook. They're just not calling it. And maybe that is a lack of trust in Tony to do it. Or maybe it's the fact that they uh, don't have that. They don't feel like it's going to work as well. I think some of the Chiefs' issues are kind of the personnel that they have to field down there in the red zone doesn't really create the space that they need to stretch the field horizontally. So I think I align a little bit more with Craig that if McCall Hardman is to have an impact on this game. It'll be more about his speed. It'll be more about stretching the field. It'll be about making these charger safeties, respecting the speed, respecting his ability to take the top off, opening up what has been very poor coverage over the middle of the field to even more space, allowing guys like Kelsey and Rasheed Rice to take advantage over that middle of the field, more so than it will be finding ways to try to get him the football, I think, working horizontally. And it's worth noting that, real quick here, Kit, Anything that happens in the red zone involving McCole Hardman is probably something that was installed last year. And if they burn through any of those plays and shown them on tape, Brandon Staley and this defense are going to tip those off. They're they're going to know that they're coming. So maybe one of those that Andy just kind of goes, yeah, we, we've got plays for you later, McCole. This is one of our division rivals. They're going to be paying extra close attention to all these little things that we're going to be doing from last year. So let's let's maybe not use them as much this week. Okay, gentlemen. I have a fun little game for you here. McCole Hardman on the season. One catch for six yards. Over. <laughs> is that your question? Uh, I don't know. I was going to ask over under six six and a half receiving yards for this game over. for McCole Hardman. Over. Yeah. That's simple I, over. And I'm Dan Mullen? Yeah. That'll be Dan a Mullen. you are absolutely Dan Mullen. And none of us are Josh Briscoe, but he's on the other end of this. What's up, Josh? Kent. Thank you. A pleasure as always. Here is the only word games crew, Seth Kaiser, Nate Taylor. I'm Joshua Briscoe talking about a different element of Chiefs and Chargers. We touched on this briefly during only weird games, Nate, but what are the Chiefs going to do to try to limit these Chargers pass catchers? I don't even know if we need to extend it to Austin Eckler because he's been a problem many, many times in the past. But let's start with what you think the plan might be for Keenan Allen. Yeah, it's fascinating because 
Uh, the Chiefs have used Legereus Need really over the last month in this sort of shadow corner role where if the receiver of their choosing chooses to line up uh, at the perimeter, he's usually met with Legereus Need. So I think it'll be Legereus Need on Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is their best receiver. Um, even though Mike Williams probably has some more flash to his game, I do get the sense that like the Chiefs are going to try to limit Keenan Allen, uh, one of the best route runners in the game to sort of force, you know, Justin Herbert to hold him to the ball just a little bit longer for maybe Chris Jones or Charles Amidahue or George Karloftis to perhaps, you know, wreak some havoc in the backfield. But the secondary has done really well, depending on whoever the receiver is. So if LeJarius Snead did well against Justin Jefferson, it's a little bit of a different task against, you know, Keenan Allen. But I do think that's where this is probably trending in terms of the X's and the O's strategy. Seth, how does that make you feel? And where does Trent McDuffie come into the mix for you? You know, um, Keenan Allen often plays out of the slot because of his really specific skill set. And so, don't mind me, just trying not to it's cough. Getting choked. It's hard not to get choked. <laughs> yeah, I think, about, about, I think about how good Trent McDuffie is. And yeah, it, just, it does make me get a little choked up. Yeah. So, the, the thing that they've done with McDuffie is he's a better slot coverage corner than Snead is. He's got a little bit more flexible hips. Not quite as physical. Well, he's just as physical, but he's a little smaller, right? Right. But he's he's a little quicker, um, and, and so that that's important in the slot. Um, they're both great corners. So I think what you're going to see a lot of, I think you'll see Snead following him boundary to boundary, um, and he's had some epic matchups with Mike Williams in the past. So is, so is Jalen Watson, and Josh Williams, I think, will get in on that because he's the type of guy that the, they're the type of corners that they're supposed to stop, these big ball-winning dudes. Josh Williams is like, is he really that big? I mean, I'm 6'2". Like, because Josh Williams is huge. Uh-huh. He really, and he's a freak athlete. So that that's interesting stuff. And I'm interested in watching Steve follow Keenan Allen like he's done with a lot of receivers. But he hasn't been like a complete, like, you know, Darrell Revis back in the day followed them everywhere. Right. Um, Which was unique. It's almost impossible to do. But what they do now is when they switch to the slot, it's usually McDuffie. And I think both McDuffie and Steve against Keenan Allen will be where the the matchup where where the game really gets decided in terms of the Chiefs offense or Chiefs defense versus the Chargers offense because Allen has in the past he's an incredibly tough cover especially in man one of the more difficult ones in the NFL because he is so shifty probably one of the three or four best route runners in the league like as a pure route runner he's as good as anyone he's just not quite as explosive you know as some other route runners but like I mean, him and Kelsey are like are like this in route running. Um, it just Kelsey's maybe a little more creative. So I think that's where you get that side of things won and lost. If you if you keep him from having one of those, you know, just debilitating, you know, thirteen catch ninety eight yards, but you know, twelve of those catches were for first downs type games. I think that takes away a lot of what the Chargers are going to really want to do. Real quick on the other pass catchers from the Chargers, being Eckler and the, the tight end group as well. Steve Spagnuolo said back on Thursday that, look, he, he's talking about the communication for the back seven, which is obviously including the safeties, the corners, and the linebackers. The Chiefs linebackers are way more athletic than we have seen from that position group over the last couple of years. It's gotten a little better each year for the last few, in my humble opinion, at least. Uh, so, uh, Nate, tell me real quick uh, what you think is a good a good matchup or a good situation for Austin Eckler with the Chiefs, and, and how can he hurt him? Yeah, in a lot of ways, I, I love, you know, the possible screen or the swing route to Austin Eckler with Willie Gay, just a blaze 
coming, you know? And so in some cases, Willie Gay's done a really good job in the open field on the perimeter. Sometimes he's so fast and he's so athletic that it allows Os Eckler to be, you know, that that such elusive but small running back who can get in and out of sort of creases. So I think that'll be a fun matchup to watch. And then, of course, this is the first time that Drew Tranquil will play against his former team. So he may recognize certain formations, certain looks, the way they use Eckler uh, to where, hey, maybe he has sort of an upper hand just because he's practiced with that teammate before in the past. Seth, revenge game? I was just setting you up to get to talk about Drew Tranquil. Uh, Drew Tranquil is a good linebacker that the Chargers really should not have let walk. Um, that, I mean, especially when you, the linebacker play has been really uneven this year, and Tranquil is a steady player. He's not, I wouldn't call him elite in any one area, maybe as a, no, because Fred Warner's elite in coverage. Yes. Tranquil is very, very good. Although, I mean, he, he's, a, he's a terrific athlete, he's, he changes direction well, he reads coverage as well, doesn't take the bait on, on play action, that kind of stuff. It does alter the dynamic for the Chiefs, especially on third down, because you make a good point, Nate, like Eckler, and, and well, I think Josh made it originally, so I'm sorry, Josh, you made a good point, my friend. Thanks, Seth. <laughs> that was heartwarming. Anyway, so the, 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 the running backs for the Chargers... With Willie Gay Jr., in theory, he should be an incredible coverage backer because he might be, I really think he might be the most athletic linebacker in the NFL. He moves like a safety who weighs 240 pounds. It's freaky. But he arrives a little too hot, and Eckler gives him a little shimmy, and kapwing! And those are the things that separate Willie Gay that stop him from being an elite linebacker is he's just... Man, he gets there fast, a little too fast, like the guy that almost took Mahomes' head off a couple games back. <laughs> and so I, I think Tranquil adds another dynamic to that in some of those third down conversions that we've seen in previous years where, you know, the the you know Eckler would get the ball 10 yards short of the sticks, and you're like, yeah! And like, you just, it, would be, it was so upsetting. If they can stop a few of those, Herbert's not 100%. Um, Check it down. I, I, Yep, and, and that's that's something they've really tried to be a lot more vertical this year. And the Chiefs have not allowed a lot of vertical stuff. And so, I mean, we'll see how the refs are calling it and that kind of stuff. But, I mean, the Chiefs have great secondary. They are tough, tough out. And so I, I, I think you'll you'll really, it really is going to be in that short intermediate game where, where it's going to be won or lost. So line, a lot of linebackers over the years lose a step and then just absolutely fall off a cliff. When Willie Gay loses a step, he might get better. That's yeah. an incredible realization. Uh, well, sending it back to a man who has lost many steps since last taking the field for Mid-American Nazarene University. We'll give it back to Kit. Naz! Woo! Thanks, Josh. Um, Kit has lost so many steps that, like, he can't even be seen right now. That's how many steps Kent has lost. So, naturally, the more athletic, um, that superior athlete and myself is stepping in here to try to do this some great points brought up about the Chiefs secondary there and their matchups against the chargers this is a good one uh it remains to be seen who's going to match up with who steve spagnola is going to continue to use luxurious need as a guy that travels around tries to follow some of the the chargers excellent wide receivers specifically keenan allen or if they try and stay in a little more zone look so they get into some of their fire zone blitzes that have been really hitting home lately it's been really effective I don't know that there's a good way or you know a better way, one that's better than the other. I'm excited to see what it is that they're going to bring, especially when the Chargers try and go with their base defense because 
hopefully that means Drew Tranquil's on the field in a revenge game against the Los Angeles Chargers. I think Drew Tranquil gets his hands on on the ball. I don't know. I'm not going to call a pick, but I'll call a PBU at the very least here. Drew Tranquil against the Chargers this week. All right. We are going to cut to a break, and we will be back with more of this week's Five Things to Watch right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it? Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. I personally have been talking to somebody for a few years now, and it's amazing how much better you'll feel by learning more about yourself through it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com KCSN today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash KCSN. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. We are back. Listen, we have talked a little bit about the Chiefs wide receivers. Cole Hardman, how he's going to come out of the break, you know, come out of the gate here with the Chiefs against the Chargers. We got to hear from the only weird games crew about the coverage ability of the Chiefs defense, both the secondary and the linebackers a little bit. We're going to go. To our guy, Sean Barber here. He's going to talk a little bit about second-half adjustments, which have been absolutely paramount in every Chiefs-Chargers matchup as of late. So let's hear from him and hear what he has to say. Hey, man, appreciate it. Hey, man, this is Sean Barber from The Process. My one thing to watch for the Charger game, man. Listen, we know that the Chargers are going to come in super desperate, right? Not a lot of wins on the season. Hey, the AFC West is a tough division to win. Though the Chiefs have won it for eight years straight, the Chargers are still that team. They're still the team trying to knock us off the, the mountain, so trying to uh, reach the top of the mountain, and we're always sitting there just kicking them down. Well, unfortunately, like last week, we were talking about starting fast. 
This week is going to be the halftime adjustments. I do not care what the score is going in at halftime. This is going to be one of the, the, the weeks where the, the coaches have to go in and create the zero zero mindset. Hey guys, second half is going to win this ball game. I don't care what the, the score is going in at halftime. I demand, and I think one of the things going to be to watch is what are the adjustments our Kansas City Chiefs makes and the Chargers make at halftime? So my thing to watch this week is the halftime adjustments. Whoever makes the best adjustments at halftime will win the ball game. Again, I'm Sean Barber. I'm the host of The Process. The process is always greater than the product. Back to you. Thanks, Barber. Yeah, those are those are keys to this week's game. I think we all kind of take these divisional games for granted now that we're in Kansas City and things just kind of go the Chiefs' way more often than not. But these are hard-fought games, and when you play teams as often as you do, teams start to get used to your tendencies, start to get used to some of the things that you're doing. So making those necessary adjustments is absolutely paramount towards getting a lot of these divisional wins. It's why Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo are so good against the division from a win-loss perspective because they're able to do that. One of those guys that will certainly factor in both in the first half and in the second half adjustments is one Travis Kelsey. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. He's got a little bit of a spotlight on him, just a little bit of a shine right now. Our guy, BJ Kissel, is going to break down exactly what he's done against the Chargers, maybe what we can expect from him this week. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? BJ Kissel with your thing to watch for the Chiefs matchup on Sunday against the Los Angeles Chargers at GHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. The Chiefs coming to this game 5-1, and one, tied for the best record in the AFC going up against a Los Angeles Chargers team that seemingly for the 15th season in a row, it seems like, was picked to win the AFC West. They have a 2-3 and three record. It is a little de- deceiving right there with the 2-3 and three record. Their three losses are a combined eight points, and we know how talented the LA Chargers team is. I know Chiefs fans get annoyed that the Chargers get picked to win the division every single year. It's based on the talent level they have. Lost a lot of close games. It's been kind of the story for them, that along with injuries. But for me, going into this game, it's about your superstars, about the guys you count on in the moments where you need them to step up. Obviously talking Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs offense, but the guy that he's throwing the ball to, Travis Kelsey, has been an absolute menace to the Chargers over the last couple of seasons. The last four regular season games, Travis Kelsey, 28 receptions, 461 yards, with five touchdowns, a couple of huge games with more than 160 yards receiving. It's going to be all about Travis Kelsey in this game. We know what he's done so far this year. It's a lot of hitch routes, a lot of stuff across the middle. Seemingly looks like Travis Kelsey is just freelancing on every single play across the middle. We know what he's done to this Chargers team. And just in general, Chiefs have a chance to distance themselves even more from, again, arguably the second most talented team in the AFC West and one of the five most talented teams in the entire AFC. Chargers do not want to be 2-4 and four staring that down before they go into Halloween, being so far out of winning the division, which has been their goal. They make moves every year, every offseason, to try and do this, bringing in Kellen Moore to try and fix the offense. It's about second-half adjustments. I know we heard that earlier from Sean Barber. Now, for this one, for me, it's all about what Travis Kelsey can do, again, to continue being a thorn in the side of the Chargers, averaging Seven receptions for 115 yards over a la- over his last four regular season games against the Chargers. So not a lot of breaking news here to watch out for Travis Kelsey, but when it comes to division games, specifically the Chargers over the last couple years, watch out for Travis Kelsey. 
Thank you, BJ. It is impressive every single time I hear any Travis Kelsey stat, but even more impressive what he has done to the Chargers. That's why I predicted that Travis Kelsey is going to have a walk-off touchdown in this week's game against the Chargers. And a big deal kind of for that Chargers defense, Derwin James popped up on the injury report this week with an ankle injury. Right at the end of the week, he is questionable for Sunday's game. That is a massive loss for them if he can't go. An even bigger thing to keep in mind here, Alohi Gilman, the other starting safety for the Los Angeles Chargers, is out. He has been out the past couple of weeks, but the guy that they've had filling in for him recently also had an ACL injury last week. They are going to be deep into their safety rotation. So if for whatever reason Derwin James is or especially if he's out, boy, hammer that over on Travis Kelsey because there are some advantageous matchups in the middle of the field for him. Okay, we've talked a lot about the secondary. We've talked a lot about pass catchers. We've talked a lot about guys on the outside and not nearly enough about the trenches. That's why we're going to toss it over to my guys, Tucker D. Franklin and Big B to give us a little trench talk leading into this Chiefs versus Chargers matchup. All right, let's get into the trenches here on Outside the Trenches. Nick Leckie, Brian Hanley, Tucker Franklin here hanging out with you talking about the uh, trench warfare in this matchup here. Let's start on the Chiefs offensive line going up against the Chargers defensive line coming off Probably a lackluster performance we could categorize it uh, for the for this Kansas City Chiefs team. Uh, when you look at it, a, a defensive line that doesn't have a whole lot of names on it anymore, uh, as it did a year ago. Nick Benito, obviously a good guy uh, for the Denver Broncos. Uh, Allen has had a good year. Kind of struggled a little bit out there on the edge. Big B, what are your thoughts going into this one with the uh, Chargers? I mean, as far as the Chiefs offensive line, it's weird because Chargers have some names. I don't, yeah. but they, they've got some names on their D-line. But, I mean, you take away the one game that Khalil Mack had where he had six sacks. I mean, the guy, he had one against Dallas, but he really hadn't done a lot. And Bosa is good. I mean, he's definitely good, but they're not, they're just, I, I think the Chiefs, this is another game where, first of all, they can run the ball because the Chargers cannot. They just don't, they refuse to stop the run. I know they stopped against the Cowboys, but that is not their thing. Um, but as far as rushing the passer, I think the Chiefs have their way. This is this is another game where I think the Chiefs' offensive line just literally has their way. But that is funny. That's funny, Big B, because I think I think that they're going to get tested. Uh, I love I love Tyron Smith. Always have been. Always will be. He's lost a step from as a Dallas tackle. Absolutely. But, but I did see Khalil Mack absolutely put him on roller skates last he game. He did. A couple of times. And, good. and I think Tyron Smith is a much better tackle than the two tackles we have here in Kansas City. So um I think it could be a tough game. I think I think Mahomes, I think the interior line is gonna have to step it up. I do. I think those I think I think Joe Creed um and Tennessee are gonna have to step up, honestly. Because it's going to be rough on them. It's going to be rough on them tackles. It could be. And something came out today from PFF that I think that over 250 pass snaps for uh, Joe Tooney and uh, Trey Smith have not allowed a sack. Uh, 
so I mean it's been pretty pretty impressive on the interior. Obviously, Creed Humphrey very sturdy on the inside. I wrote down Cleo Mack as a guy to watch. Obviously, on uh, because I mean it's a big name. You got to watch Cleo Mack. But Tuli Tuli Yopelp. I almost said it. I almost got it all the way through it. Uh, I almost did it. Tuli Tuli Piopu. I believe he was from Washington. Uh, he's a guy who's been making some noise, getting some pressures in uh, for this uh, Chargers team. Uh, Chiefs ninth in pass blocking efficiency. And then we talked about this on Outside the Trenches a little bit, how the Chiefs offensive line allowing a lot of pressures this year. Something we talked about last year, too. Uh, Chiefs offensive line. Allowing a lot of pressures, Patrick Mahomes being able to get out of the way and, and negate sacks, tied for the, uh, not even tied for the, they are the second uh, fewest team in, in some sacks. And I think this might have been Donovan Smith, one of Donovan Smith's worst games against the Broncos. He just kind of looked, uh, just didn't look, didn't look quite right. He's eighth in pressures allowed this year with 21 pressures. Uh, Want to see these guys uh, get on the get right game. And I think Big B, you might hit on that a little bit. Maybe run of the ball helps these guys, especially in the pass or pass, pass blocking game. Could help these uh, offensive, these, these defensive linemen, these pass rushers, kind of take think a minute, right? Make them think a minute, make them not pin their ears back and get going. You run the ball a whole lot more. Chiefs have shown the ability to run the ball a whole lot uh, better than they have in a couple years past. I think that's going to be a really interesting matchup there. Let's move to the defensive side of the ball for the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs defensive line going against the Chargers offensive line. That is fairly comparable, I think, to the Chiefs you talk about. They're tied for 40th. Uh, in terms of pressures allowed with Trey Pipkins and Rashawn Slater. Rashawn Slater, a pretty decent guy coming out of, a highly touted guy, you could probably say, coming out of, of the draft. Hasn't necessarily played up to that uh, elite level uh, that we that we went put him on there, but still very good offensive tackle for the Chargers. Yeah, Slater's good. Uh, had an outstanding rookie year, got hurt last year towards bicep. Yeah. Um, and so he's back. But he's not back to, you know, his rookie, how he played as a rookie. So, uh, depending on who we line up, and you know the Chiefs, they rotate and slide guys in and out. They let Chris Jones basically just pick a guy and just <laughs> go attack him the whole game. I love that. So, I, I think this is a game that they, because their defensive line. Now, the one thing I will say, against the Cowboys, their offensive line came to play. Because the, the Cowboys' defensive line, have some guys. Yeah. They they got a bunch of guys. And until the end of the game, they didn't get a whole and first of all, they only had one sack. And they didn't get that many pressures, you know, until the end of the game. So we'll see. I I mean, I think they they the Chiefs D line can take advantage, but they're gonna have to bring their hard hat because this is gonna be a tough football game. Yeah, I I think too number sixty eight, uh Jamari uh Sawyer, uh, I tweeted about him. He blocked three guys on the screen versus the Cowboys. It was impressive. It was really impressive. And he's got a big body. Uh, he's out of Georgia. I believe it's the second season. And I think he's the right guard. And just just fantastic interior guard. Just a big, big body. You know, your your Georgia Bulldog uh, of of note lately. And and I think I think him and Chris Jones watch that interior battle. I think that's going to be fun to watch. I, I think if I'm Chris Jones, I'll be like, I'm going to go on the other side. There I go. It's like this, or or we're going to see like Godzilla versus King Kong sort of you know battle over Tokyo with those two guys on the inside. And see, it'll be fun to watch, man. That, that'll be one that I'll be keying in on all game. We'll be remiss if we didn't mention Charles Minnie, who's coming back for this game. So this will be his first game back from suspension. Right. They can mix and match with a whole lot of different fronts, different things that they haven't really shown yet because they didn't even have Chris Jones at the preseason that they can mix and match with what Charles Minnie and Chris Jones have done. 
Chris Jones played 88% of snaps. I think it was somewhere uh, up in the, in the upper 80s in terms of percentages. I don't think that's a sustainable rate for Chris Jones to be playing all the snaps. So curious what they uh, what they'll do there with uh, Charles Minnie who easing him back in. It's going to be an exciting one uh, to see what those two guys can do together. Imagine them on the inside just wreck, wreaking havoc over there. Put them on the same side of the ball. Yeah. Ooh. I, that's that's really enticing there, I think, when, when you start to look up from Chiefs defensive uh, point of view. Felix kind of saw his snap count dwindle a little bit. Uh, George Karloff has been dealing with a little bit of injuries. It seems like he's uh, he's the back to the George Karloffis of old. Still up there in terms of pressures uh, with with the big guys, with uh, with your uh, with your Parsons, with your Garretts, with your Donalds. He's up there in the same conversation uh, with those guys in terms of how effective he's been on getting pressure. Uh, to the quarterback. So we'll see if the Chiefs can get to the quarterback and bring the quarterback down as that's been a big thing for the Chiefs defensive line that we have talked about I think for the last five years when it comes to the Chiefs defense is being able to get pressure but not getting them down. We're going to go ahead and send it back to uh, to the fellas for more five things to watch. Make sure to hang out with us on Outside the Trenches every Wednesday night, 9pm. We're going live. We're hanging out. We're the B-side. We are uh, keeping your the late night crew Happy with us here, presented by Five Farms Irish Cream Liqueur. Go ahead and send it back to you guys for more Five Things. Thank you, Tucker. Excellent, as always, from Tucker and Big B, breaking down the trenches. I give the Chiefs a little bit of a hat tip there. I really do, especially that Charles Aminihue guy coming into the fray here. We haven't seen a move officially at this point uh, on Friday as I'm recording this ahead of this week's game to see who is going to be on or off the roster for Charles Aminihue if there are any subsequent moves other than the Keandre Coburn move that got made here. But Charles Aminihue expected to be activated this week. So that is a big boost to the Chiefs' pass rush as well. All right, we went through McCall Hardman's return to this team and the wide receiver group, what he's going to mean to them. The only weird games, guys, went through secondary coverage, how to beat Justin Herbert, and especially in the linebacking core, what they can do to try and prevent these pass catchers for the Los Angeles Chargers from going off. We had Sean Barber talking second half adjustments. BJ Kissel talking about Travis Kelsey. And you just heard Big B and Tucker D. Franklin get done talking about the trenches. I am really excited for yet another divisional game. Chiefs in a stretch of three of them in a row here. A chance to really bury the AFC West. Get a big leg up in week seven and eight here in some back-to-back-to-back divisional games. But it is a home game. So any of you that are in the Kansas City area that are heading out to the game, make sure you go to the Lot J tailgate. That is where our partners for those (laughs) that tailgate are going to be. Get out there, meet some good people, have a great time. That booze will be flowing. The the food will be cooked. Like You're going to have an awesome time there. So if you are at the game, be looking out for the Lot J tailgate over there while you are at that tailgate. Or if you're not able to make that tailgate, make sure that you are listening to the 810 pregame show. They are the home for the NFL, and they do an excellent job breaking down the Chiefs. When you've already consumed all the KCSN content from this week, make sure that you are locked in for the 810 pregame show over there. And when the game is done, you know where you find the best analysis that you can find about the Chiefs breaking down the game. It's right here on the KCSN YouTube channel. We will be live doing the post-game show from the Kingdom Bar and Grill. It will be BJ Kissel, Kent Swanson, myself, Maddie Lane, 
talking about hopefully another victory for our beloved Kansas City Chiefs over the Los Angeles Chargers for everybody here at KCSN and all of us represented here on Five Things. My name is Craig Stout. Be kind to each other, and we will catch you later. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.